0: eligible items only exclusions apply see ebaymotors.com you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy
1: do doing later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes excellence in
2: sports entertainment. As cold as a razor blade, as tight as a tourniquet, like the skin on a dying man. I don't want a piece of the world. I want the whole world. I make my own rules. Because it's much easier that way. Trust me.
3: What's up, everybody? It's Marcus D'Angelo, and we are back for another episode of the Snake Pit. And of course, you know this gentleman—that is the Hall of Famer himself, Master of the DDT, Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, we're back, brother.
2: Back's not the word, man. Back and safe. You know, we're not—we're not having a Vince McMahon moment. Uh, my underwear clean, and we're ready to go.
3: Yeah, clean underwear. They're hanging up behind you there. We see yep. them. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm glad we're not having a Vince moment. You know, I wasn't sure we were going to be back this week because I don't know when this little critter's going to show up, but she's uh, she's hanging in there. So we'll see. Uh, maybe next week we'll have Ask Jake Anything. Maybe not. So uh, we'll just see how this thing plays out. But I do know one thing, Jake, and that's that this week we are back talking about Mid-Atlantic again. Uh, this time we are in November 1981 as we continue this story month by month. And man, it's, uh, it's been an interesting journey so far. You don't get to talk about this stuff a whole lot. What do you think about revisiting it? Annoying or fun?
2: Uh, It's a little bit annoying, but it's a
3: little bit of fun, too. Yeah, the combination of both. I know it's kind of the best of times and the worst of times in your career, but uh, we'll try to hit the best of times here as of right now. Um, When we last left off on the subject of Mid-Atlantic, we ended on a teaser because you were about to work with a performer named Sweet Ebony Diamond. Jake, now's the time. Who is Sweet Ebony Diamond?
2: Wow. Sweet Ebony Diamond.
3: Does it ring a bell?
2: Yeah, it does. I'm trying to think. Of, was was that a he has a bad eye? No, sir. No.
3: No, that was uh, Sweet Ebony Diamond. Was Rocky Johnson? Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm coming oh, back well. to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool because you know you'd you'd reference getting to know him and you know get to travel with him and his son, The Rock, right. of course, back right. in these days. Uh, so now we're, you know, this has got to be the time period. Uh, so, I mean, looking back on it, Jake, what did you think of Rocky's ring work overall?
2: It lacked.
3: Okay, what was he missing?
2: He, he was a cartoon guy.
3: Okay. You
2: know, he didn't. Uh, he didn't want to get in there and grind it out. You know, he just wanted to get in there and play
3: gotcha so he wasn't the kind who's going to go out there and kind of build a nice well-rounded story he's out there just being flashy
2: yeah he's out there being flashy and being corny and being
3: funny that is not your thing no
2: definitely not
3: so i mean you know you guys are going to go on to work against the grappler and super destroyer obviously you know Lynn Denton quite well um and it'll be on a few occasions here as you come into, into november uh as you said you guys are very different performers would you say that like you know sometimes uh opposites attract would you say yeah. you guys develop some decent chemistry
2: we made the best of it you know okay. i went and did the hard work and i'd tag him and he'd get in there and fuck it all up
3: <laughs> so he'd get the hot tag and just like yeah. and that goes off the rails
2: just fuck it up man turn it into a goddamn cartoon <sighs>
3: So, like, what what's his cartoon shit? Like, the dancing around, silly punches? Yeah. Or
2: dancing around, the whoop de do punches, and, you know.
3: <laughs> it is funny, because watching your work at this time, like, you're in there telling a story, and it's serious, and it feels gritty. Like, it feels like a fight. So then picturing this guy coming in, you got to just be on the apron like, oh, my God.
2: I just sit in the corner like, fuck.
3: <laughs> All that fucking work you just put in. Yeah um you know jake i've heard mixed things about uh rocky over the years including from his son uh dwayne so i'll ask you what did you think of him as a guy
2: it was all very superficial you know he was uh he was one of the boys you know but uh yeah he was very superficial you never got to know him.
3: Okay. So he was it was all just kind of surface, kind of carnier-ish yeah. type yeah. behavior.
2: Absolutely.
3: Um, well, look, you know, we're not gonna dwell on him too long, but he is a guy that we aren't likely to talk about very much here on the show. He and Tony Atlas teamed together a few years later winning the WWWF Tag Team Championships. And uh, they would also become the first African-American tag team champion to do so. Yeah. Um, how big of a deal was it for Atlas and Johnson to become the first African-American tag team champions during that era?
2: Oh, that was huge, man. It was, you know, it's off the charts huge. You know, they did it, um, uh, what was it, the early 80s or the late yes. 70s? Yeah, early 80s. Yes, sir. And... Uh, That color barrier hadn't came down yet. Mm -hmm. You know, you can say what you want. I know I witnessed it all the time. You know, black guys didn't get the breaks, you know, in the early 80s. Uh, JYD was one of the first that really got a big break. And uh, he carried it nationwide. Other than that, it didn't happen.
3: It is interesting, uh because yes, you know, Bill Watts, he's got this reputation for being a racist, and that's part yeah, of he why is. He, was, he was fired. But, but
2: but when his money when his money was coming in, he didn't mind counting it.
3: Okay. So he saw that he could make money. Uh, <laughs> that's the and
2: only reason, yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah, it's funny because you know, after JYD would leave his territory, he would kind of infamously just try to find the next African American. Oh, he star. tried
2: and tried and tried, man. First, it was Butch Reed, then it was the Snowman. Oh, my oh, God. Right. What a yeah. hoot that
3: was. Well, there's only one JYD. He's He's got yeah. charisma out the ass. Um, it, well, ultimately, Rocky was is only going to last about three years in the WWF before working the rest of his career, bouncing around on the indies and having to get a shoot job. Um, why do you think he didn't last very long as a, in a featured role in wrestling? What was he, what was he missing?
2: Because he was just a cartoon.
3: Okay,
2: you know he wasn't serious about anything.
3: So being silly is one thing, but you've got to be able to be able to like flip that switch. And yeah, he play. never flipped the switch. Okay, it was all just flash and show with him. Yeah. Well, moving on from teaming with Rocky, you're getting into singles action with Greg the Hammer Valentine, third from the top in the Charlotte Coliseum. Uh, This was a big show in the territory, and Greg was a very well-established star during this period. As we've mentioned, you've been kind of relegated to tag team wrestling up to this point for the most part. Uh, This has got to feel like an opportunity to kind of prove yourself as a singles worker. Yeah, I did,
2: man. It was real important to me to go out there and have a great match with Greg. And we did. We went out and did about 20, 25 minutes. Wow. And uh, we got our shit in. You know, and I showed them that I could, could carry it. Because I hated tag teams, I just hated them.
3: <laughs> now, was there anybody that you would tag team with? Not even no. necessarily here, but over the course of your career, no. that you enjoyed? Nobody. No, 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 <laughs> hell no, <Fuck> no. <laughs> not even like the Undertaker later on. No,
2: I don't know.
3: You just can't tell your story that way, right?
2: No, I couldn't. As soon as I got it established, they'd go in and fuck it up.
3: <laughs> I mean, it's there's something to be said there because two guys n- not on the same page. Like, look, a-, a lot of guys made tag team wrestling like a main event. Like, I'm thinking, oh of yeah, Arn and Tully. Some guys were great at it because they were yeah. always on the same page. But you, you're just kind of an outside the box thinker, and maybe it didn't quite work that well with somebody, right? It
2: didn't work for me, man. Never now, did.
3: Valentine has a reputation of being a legitimate tough guy in the business. Uh, Was that your experience around Greg? Did you get that? Oh, yeah. He was a stiffy. Out there, he was a little rough. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. It's like he dropped that elbow on him. That was his big thing, right? Yeah. He didn't hit you with the elbow. He hit you with his whole fucking lap. (laughs) You know, he crushed your fucking chest, man. He knocked the air out of you. He He didn't mind taking it. You know, if he if he tatered you, he was willing to take one back. I know because I gave him a bunch of them.
3: So, like, are you working the same? way? Because you and I have talked about you stepping into the ring with guys who are a little bit stiff or a little bit rough out yeah. there, and you and you're not afraid to give it back to them. Yeah. Generally speaking, is you what's your mode? Are you kind of on the snug side, or do you snug. go light? Yeah, snug. But you'll go a little bit harder if you got a guy like Greg who's really. Oh
2: God, up. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. He gets three notches up.
3: Now, well, in it...
2: other words, my hands will be sore at the end of the match.
3: <laughs> now, has it ever happened that somebody's come at you a little too rough and you got to give them the old like, "Hey, slow it down or back off," sort of a thing? Oh
2: yeah, Macho Man. Okay. Yeah, you know, he would come at you at a million miles an hour, man.
3: Would he listen when you'd ask him to back off?
2: No. <laughs> so I just grab a hold of him and let him go
3: so you blow grab him, him and up. blow him up <laughs> blow him up
2: Then after he was blown up I could do anything I wanted
3: <laughs> now uh, Greg's ring style obviously pretty snug is there any other like descriptors that you would put in there for him he, he's not like a technical guy he's, he's more just no. like a go out there and kind of push no, you around
2: he, he's very slow he's very just grind it out Take you to the, take you right to the edge and pull you back in, man. You know, it was very solid. It was very believable. Uh, and everything meant something. Everything meant something.
3: No wasted motion kind of a no, guy. No, not at all. Um, so, Greg is a veteran among the two of you, but I know that you like to call matches and paint the picture for the audience yourself. Under those circumstances, do you just bite your tongue and follow his lead?
2: No. I called it. Did you really? Yeah.
3: The, you know, this whole calling matches stuff, it's come up here on the podcast a few times, just because, like, to me, as an outsider, I'm just like, how do you know when? Like, is, is he going to get offended if you go out there and start calling spots, or how does it work?
2: No, I didn't mind
3: Okay. So you're able to just go out there and start doing it and he's like, Yeah, yeah
2: whatever. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, it's not like you were some rookie either. You'd certainly no. put in some years and we're we're ready for it.
2: Yeah, I was.
3: Um, a lot of people say that Greg has always got a full gas tank and would keep coming and coming, even getting stronger as the match went on. was that your experience with him?
2: Absolutely. He just kept that kept that train coming, man.
3: Chug, 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 chug,
2: chuck, chug, 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 chug. <laughs> And he didn't. He, you can't stop the train. It's gonna come. It's gonna come to you. You know. So you better get out of the fucking way.
3: Now, uh, the other guy I hear that about all the time is Steve Austin. Uh, would you mm-hmm. say that those two have pretty similar styles in that regard?
2: Yeah, in that regard, yeah.
3: Okay. Aside from Steve that, not, coming, yeah. Not too much alike. No. Uh, you ever go partying with Greg? I know that he was no stranger to the party scene. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Does anything jump out? No, I can't remember. <laughs> well, it sounds like it must have been a good night. I, I played the fifth. <laughs> That's probably the safer route. yeah. Well, unfortunately, you're back in tag team competition after this, but fortunately, it's your chance to team up with Wahoo against the Andersons in the Greensboro Coliseum. Uh, Jake, Greensboro is going to be the site of Sting's last match at AEW Revolution, and it's kind of considered home base for Mid-Atlantic at this time, right? Right. Now, would you say that an event like that is as big as it got in the territory, or was there another building that was considered No, it was
2: Greensboro was the big show.
3: Okay. And I mean, you're working with Oli, who's, you know, kind of a power player in the company at the time. Is it safe to assume that it would represent a large payout?
2: (laughs) That's a good one.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Not so much?
2: No. Uh, I think it was less than 500.
3: Wow. Wow. (sighs) What do you think Oli made if you had to guess?
2: Oh, I don't know. I don't know cuz he was booking at the time
3: too. Right, so he's kind of double dipping. Yeah. Now, uh you said 500 there and I know that as as we just mentioned, Greensboro was one of the better territories and you had said before that you were kind of getting stuck down, you know, in like Charleston yeah, or something Charleston,
2: like Charleston, Camden, South Carolina. You know, fuck me, man. Florence, South Carolina.
3: So, so small yeah. towns, uh, yes. like yeah, yeah, shitty crowds. I mean, so if $500 in Greensboro, uh, you yeah. able to tell us what you're making elsewhere? Well,
2: elsewhere, that would have been my week,
3: you know. <laughs> oh, man. I don't blame you for quitting a couple times here in Mid Atlanta. Yeah. Well, uh, on the same card, Steamboat would lose the Mid-Atlantic heavyweight title to Roddy Piper, and after, you're going st- to team up with Ricky for a TV match against the Grappler and Super Destroyer. Let's drop in on the final moments of that one.
1: Bear-hugs. And again, Roberts is motioning, motioning for Rick Steamboat. And here comes Roddy Piper. In the- Roddy Piper. And here comes Ole Anderson. Come right in. just about to annihilate Roberts in the corner while Oli and Piper are having a real They're trying to distract the referee. drag out with a referee. Steamboat, Steamboat and Roberts, they've got their hands full. He needs to make the tag. He's got to make that tag. They can't, they can't wrestle four men. They can't wrestle four men. Roberts got the grappler in. Slam that make that tag. Jake, make it. Stretch it, stretch it, make the tag. Okay. Here comes Steamboat over the up top rope off. with it. Judo chopping chop and another one now to Super Tele-thrust. Destroyer. Takes both men on. Steamboat's got him now. Well, four now in the ring. Double cross. Steamboat's got grappler down. The going to gonna pull him out. That's it, and that's it. That's Andy it. Fargo says ring the bell. They're gonna be disqualified as Steamboat now is fighting with Piper, fighting with Ole Anderson. And he's got Piper in the ring. They got six wrestlers now, all going at it. Piper and Steamboat. Ole Anderson is trying to get in to help Piper. Look at Piper, look at Piper! No, Piper and Steamboat! Is trying to get out. And Steamboat. Almost, Almost landing on his head.
3: head over that top rope, trying to get to him. All right, so uh, man, some pretty hot action there with uh, with you and oh, Piper. Yeah. And you know, again, it's you guys are looking like you're. Uh, you know, Piper has certainly been programmed with with uh, or uh, Steamboat's been programmed with Piper. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense that okay, it looks like you are probably going to be squaring off with Oli, which you will here. But again, it's it's kind of just stuck in the uh, tag team situation yeah um, See, it,
2: it, the bad thing was only because he was the booker, he didn't work every night of the week. oh so that's the reason I was getting thrown into tag teams and bullshit, and that's the reason I go to the smaller towns because only was just booking and he didn't do he didn't work every night
3: so he was set to be your consistent rival, but he just wasn't there often enough yeah work he'd work he'd
2: work two three days a week.
3: Okay, so that's man. What a weird, fucked up, strange situation for you to be in, it right? Because you're coming into this territory, and there's opportunity there, but it's kind of not there at the same yeah. time.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Oh, brutal. I, I mean, you and Ricky. It's you know, obviously, uh, you guys are are both you know going to go on to be Hall of Famers. Both really skilled. Uh, would you say that the two of you had enough opportunities to work together to develop good tag team chemistry?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, we had it good we had a lot of fun out there
3: now how would you compare your uh chemistry with him in a tag team as opposed to a couple years later as his opponent
2: oh much better as his opponent oh oh yeah
3: oh now, yeah now is that just because you had a little bit more control over the the flow of the match that way
2: that and i was more seasoned then okay you know this is the early part of me just getting it going by the time i got to him in the wwe i was ready i was completely ready
3: we can definitely see shades of what you're about to become i think you really started to kind of feel it uh here in uh in a couple years whenever you went to georgia that's when it was like okay yeah yeah i was there yeah yeah Um, so I know that you don't like being a tag team as we've discussed, uh, did Steamboat seem like he felt similarly,
2: you know, steamer, he liked tag teams, but he liked tag teaming with Jay Youngblood.
3: Ah, well, they were a good pair.
2: Yeah, they were a good tag team.
3: And they had like similar look and sort of a similar yeah. vibe where it was like they look like a tag team. Um, however, Steamboat is going to grow out that mustache here coming up. So clearly your fingerprints are all over this situation. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys heard the news? The New York Fed just announced that credit card debt hit $1.13 trillion. And while the nation's credit card debt is at an all-time high, yours doesn't have to be. Here's a little secret. Your home value is still likely higher than it was when you bought it. So why not put that equity you've built to work and use it to pay off those high interest credit cards? Go to savewithconrad.com. Oh, and do we mention skipping your next two house payments? That's right. No house payments for two months. Let the team at Save with Conrad run the numbers and see what's possible for you. Give them a call at 888-425-0105 or go to www.savewithconrad.com today. NMLS number 32416, equal housing lender. Again, it's savewithconrad.com.
0: Passion, drive, and patience, the formula for winning championships, is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about...
3: jake something that we haven't discussed yet on the show is the fact that you're here wearing traditional black wrestling trunks and you're going to keep that look as you go into florida with kevin sullivan uh why did you initiate the change to the uh, karate pants
2: i just liked them better man i've always had skinny legs Mm. so i was tired of it
3: so you're trying to just cover up those legs damn straight I mean, it doesn't get hot as a motherfucker out there while you're wrestling in your pants, No. Not too bad?
2: No, not at all.
3: You'd work against the Grappler and Super Destroyer again this month with the Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant, as your partner. Uh, So yet another tag team partner. Uh, You traveled with Boogie and Steamboat during this period, right? Yeah. Uh, How was that?
2: Fuck all Boogie did was sleep. (laughs) That guy slept all the time, man. Was he high? no
3: um so I, I was gonna ask you if you had any good uh travel stories with jimmy but it sounds like his ass was just passed out the whole time he was
2: asleep man he was isn't asleep
3: that, isn't that like breaking a cardinal rule in wrestling you're supposed to stay awake for the oh other yeah guy?
2: oh yeah oh my god he get in the back seat brother and that was it
3: Oh, so he's not even up front with you. He'd, he'd get in the back no, and lay down. No, he get in
2: the back and just
3: boom. <laughs> That's fucked up, man. <laughs> on a road trip. Come on. Um, Are you still in contact with Jimmy? You ever talk to him anymore?
2: I haven't talked to him in a long time, man. I'd like to talk to him.
3: He'd make a fun guest. I'll have to see yeah, if I can get would. in touch with him. Um, all right, well, let's get to the big Thanksgiving Day tournament. You're back in the Greensboro Coliseum. And Jake, do you remember what was on the line for this tournament?
2: No, a Cadillac.
3: That's right. It's a Cadillac is on the line. Um, I suspect I already know the answer. But does the winner actually get to keep a caddy?
2: Fuck no. <laughs> yeah, he buys it. Usually, oh, usually the guy that can buy the Cadillac was the guy that won.
3: Okay, so when you won the tournament, you actually got a pretty decent purse.
2: Well, you got the same old shit. But you got the Cadillac too, but the Cadillac came out of your pocket.
3: Oh, that's fucked up.
2: Fuck yeah, man. Are you kidding me?
3: Now, I believe that you don't win this tournament, but I believe you're going to win one or maybe even two of these Cadillac tournaments during your time in Mid-Atlantic. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I won a couple of
3: them. All right. But uh, the Caddies, uh, you didn't end up taking them home.
2: No, I couldn't even afford to wash one. <laughs>
3: not, not on the shit they were paying when you no, were out there in man. Charleston or whatever. Well, Jake, it feels like you're neither fish nor foul at this point because you keep bouncing between tag teams and singles like in this tournament. Yeah. Um, I know you well enough by now to know that you aren't afraid to let people know what you're thinking. Uh, Are you approaching the Crockets or Ole with your desire to just go full-time singles? Oh, yeah. And what's the response like from them?
2: It didn't matter. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, boy. Oh, my God. Sometimes it don't fit.
3: That's probably not an answer you love, especially when you're in the middle of like not getting <sighs> great money.
2: No, you don't, man.
3: So you had said that you quit twice. Uh, yeah. Is it like a little bit further down the line from this? Or, uh, yeah, it's right about this time. Oh, okay, you would have quit, and then they brought you back. Yeah. Okay, uh, with promise of giving you more, right? Right. Well, in the first round of this tournament, you're going to beat Mike Davis, who most fans will know later in his career when he goes on to become one of the rock and roll RPMs with Tommy Lane. Uh, Jake, did you get much time around Davis?
2: Too much time.
3: Too much? Yeah. What was he like?
2: Uh, He wasn't too much, man. (laughs) No? No. he. Mike was a nice guy. That's all I'll say. Party guy? uh i don't recall
3: Oh, okay well so he might have been then um in the next round of the tournament you lost your match with ivan koloff as many listeners of the show know ivan was the wrestler that ended bruno san martino's legendary run with the wwf title in 71. uh so a real legend in the business by this yeah. point. what was ivan like in the ring a
2: fucking machine
3: yeah oh god yeah
2: he'd blow you up so fast man oh my god it was horrible I remember thinking I was gonna die (laughs) he just kept coming I could not get him off of me you know and I was bumping the shit out of him man but he was right back on me
3: so he's just down and up lightning fast oh yeah
2: he was crazy it was crazy how fast he was
3: so, like, you know, <sighs> looking back on it now, you're still a young guy at this time. But looking back on it now, uh, like, was there any way with a guy like that to slow him down? No. So, leaning on him wouldn't work. Nothing you could no. do would work. Oh, man. Yeah, I think it's also worth noting here that you were a smoker at this time. Uh, uh, so, I mean, you might be the younger of the two. But, like, you know, you've, you've got a habit that in- impacts your lungs. Yeah. Uh, How would you balance your cardio with your smoking habit during your time wrestling? (laughs) There was no balance.
2: (laughs) I'd balance it in my lips. (laughs) (laughs) That was it.
3: Balance. Are you fucking kidding me? Here's the thing, though, is, like, you don't look like you're getting blown up very often. And, like, you could say the same all the way through your time uh, during your first round of the WWF. I wasn't seeing yeah. you get blown up. No. So, like, how in the fuck does that work?
2: I just timed it right, man. Okay. I sold a lot.
3: Gotcha. That would give you an opportunity to kind of catch your wind.
2: Catch my wind.
3: Okay. Um, well, look, I think it's also worth noting here that Black Jack Mulligan is going to win this tournament, and on the way, he's going to face and defeat Sergeant Slaughter. Jake, the two of us had a phone call earlier today, and you told me that you might just have a little story about these two. Oh, this my tournament.
2: God. It was in Hampton, Virginia. You know, and back in those days, they didn't have barricades around the rings. They just had, like, in movie theaters, they'd have a post with a rope Okay. in between. Well, they went outside the ring and and Slaughter grabbed him by the back of the head and took his head and went down on the post, right? Yeah. Well, he missed his head and hit him right in the fucking mouth. Oh. And the post went in his mouth. But his teeth went further back.
3: They like pushed back.
2: It folded his teeth completely over. His lip was hanging out of his mouth, but his teeth was inside his lip. And when he stood up, man, blood was going everywhere. And He just roared. Well, slaughter, had rolled back in the ring. And he roared, and he just looked, fucking slaughter, just stared a hole in him. And he came come in the ring, just, Aah! and reared back in football kick, Slaughter in the nuts. <laughs> slaughter didn't go down no no he fucking drew back and punched mulligan slaughter's a tough son of a bitch.
3: that's a hell of a man
2: tough double tough son of a bitch.
3: i mean especially mulligan who's got this reputation for just being tough as nails oh yeah uh i mean when you see these two back in the locker room after this is it i mean that's no just be... brother
2: we we all ran
3: We ran. We got the hell out.
2: We got the fuck out of there.
3: Holy shit, man! I mean, how long was Blackjack down? He had to go get dental surgery. I imagine. Oh,
2: he he, two or three days. That's it. They they just sewed it all up.
3: No, and he doesn't give a shit. He'll just go back out there with all the stitches and stuff. And yeah. Damn, dude, that is. It was horrifying, man. It was
2: horrifying
3: wow what so would you say that that's the worst injury that you've witnessed
2: uh no i seen a guy named john black broke his neck in the ring
3: oh did he die
2: yeah he paralyzed him from his neck down
3: good lord Do do you remember how it happened
2: yeah a pile driver
3: Now I've heard you say before that you don't like taking pile drivers. Is that uh, why? No.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: It's funny because you know, I've I've seen a lot of footage of your matches over the years, and I stumbled across a photo of DB giving you a pile driver, and yeah. I was like, that's I've never seen that before. I
2: didn't like it, but I trusted him.
3: So if it's a guy like DB who's great in the ring, you're like, yeah. okay, this guy can do it.
2: But still I don't like for it to happen.
3: No, it's I mean, especially you with a bad neck, it's been yeah. Yeah. recipe for disaster yeah so mulligan ruled this territory from the 70s into the early 80s uh when you made the jump to mid-atlantic was it the first time that you crossed paths with the big guy
2: yeah yeah well i'd seen him wrestle my father oh had you yeah he must yeah. have been
3: pretty young at that time wrestling your dad yeah now uh, overall uh blackjack what did you think of him ring work and you oh know, i loved him
2: i loved him man great guy
3: you know, it's Great funny guy. because it, it kind of shows on camera when the two of you are together. You guys have got good chemistry on screen, and you, it it just seems like you guys are having fun, whether it's here or yeah. in the WWF a few years later.
2: Yeah,
3: um, were you spending a ton of time with with him outside of the ring as well?
2: Not so much. No, okay. no, just a uh, mutual respect.
3: Now, what about Barry? Because uh, you and he would be tag teaming. You're close. Barry to the and I spent age. a
2: lot of time a lot of time together. You in Florida. Okay, whatever he was with Dusty, I was with Sullivan. So,
3: but here in mid Atlantic, you guys aren't really traveling together or anything. No, I didn't
2: travel with him, I traveled with Steamboat
3: and Sleepy Valiant. Yeah, um, well, look, Blackjack was one of those guys who'd seen and done it all by this time in his career. He'd worked in MSG against Bruno, against Andre, under Vince Sr. Um, would you consider him a guy that you learned a lot from at this time? Oh, sure. What sure. kind of things uh, do you learn from a vet, like blackjack? Learn when to you keep your mouth shut.
2: All <laughs> <laughs> oh, timing. Okay. You know, timing.
3: Um, Not sure when we're going to have a chance to discuss this again, so might as well ask it right now. You're in the middle of your run with the WWF in 1990 when Blackjack and his son Kendall Windham are arrested by the Secret Service for counterfeiting. Mm. The authorities found close to $500,000 in phony $20 bills, and the two had spent 24 months in federal prison. Holy shit, dude. Uh, What's your reaction when you hear about this mess?
2: Holy fuck. Holy fuck, man. That surprised the fuck out of everybody.
3: Good lord, man, five hundred grand.
2: Whew. Don't want no part of that shit.
3: Were you in contact with Mulligan at all? Like during the period leading up to this while he was counterfeiting, no. apparently? No. Probably a good thing. You don't need to be <sighs> a call from the feds. But no. All Hell right, well, Back in 1981, you're going to be paired with Blackjack as your next tag team partner. And this weird tag team carousel you're on just keeps going. It makes me curious, Jake. Would you say that you improve more or learn more when you're in a consistent program with the same people like you would in other territories? Absolutely. Is it better? Oh, is Absolutely. It better than like kind of switching around from guy yeah, to guy. Yeah, when you
2: flip flopping back and forth to everything, you never get any groundwork done. You don't have to, you know, you don't get your sense of timing with the guy. You know, you, you gotta have timing, man. That's what it's all about. Know when to, when to, when to fart and when to move, when to not do this, not do that. And you, then you have expectations. You know, you, you learn to expect certain things from them at certain times, but if you're constantly changing partners, there's no way that you can ever get that down and get it, get it crisp. It'll always be a little bit off and that little bit hurts.
3: You know, it is interesting hearing you say that because, like, the more I'm, I'm thinking about it here as we're sitting here, it's like, well, some of the best tag teams spent literally all their time together, like the Steiners. Absolutely. And Arnon and Tully, Hall and Nash. Like, these guys developed chemistry and got to know each other so well that their timing yeah. in the ring was just – they probably just looked at each other and knew what to do.
2: Absolutely.
3: Just it was uh, never your thing, never found a tag team partner that you quite jived with. No. Hmm. Well, we're driving here on the show next week, possibly. I don't know when this kid's showing up. We might be doing Ask Jake Anything, or <laughs> we might be doing the uh, alternate episode. Either way, we'll have some fresh content for you guys next time. Yeah. And, uh, Jake, it's always a blast to do these with you, brother.
2: Yeah, good times, bro, good times.
3: Okay, guys, you know the deal by now. If you're looking to attract that 25 to 54 year old male demographic to your product or service, why haven't you gone to advertise with snake.com? Jake is a legit household name. He's still over like Rover, and you can get him to put over your stuff to the exact audience that you're targeting. If you want some proof that it works, just listen to old episodes of our show. Well, you'll hear that we're always advertising for the same folks over and over again. Because once they advertise with us, they realize that what we do works. Head over to advertisewithsnake.com and get teamed up with the Hall of Famer, Jake Roberts. Go now and check out jakethesnakeshop.com for rare signed collectibles straight from the master of the DDT himself. We're talking about autographed figures, shirts, 8 by 10s wrestling buddies, and much more. You guys have got to check out the custom sculptures of Jake made by Sin Bodhi. They're available now. They're on sale at an incredible discount, and they're all signed by Jake. Get over there right now. It's jakethesnakeshop.com. Add a new centerpiece to your wrestling collection. You've got to head over to cameo.com forward slash Snake for a personal message from the Hall of Famer. Here's a recent review from Tanner my hero. This brought tears to my eyes. He did such a great job, and this video will be cherished for life. I mean, guys, if you just go and have a look at those reviews, you're going to see that all of them are like this. Jake puts so much effort into these, and he really delivers for his fans. If you're a lifelong fan, I'm telling you, you have got to check out Cameo. It's cameo.com slash jakesnake. Go and order yours right now. Get over to the Snake Pit page at boxofgimmicks.com. Go and check out some of the amazing merch we have available for the show. Not only is it a great way to support our podcast, but we are also very tuned in to the fashion that wrestling fans of the 80s and 90s might be attracted to. We've even remade some of Jake's most iconic shirts with a modern twist so you can reclaim that favorite shirt from your childhood. Seriously, just go and have a look. You're going to love the style we have on our page. Again, that's the Snake Pit page at boxofgimmicks.com. Check us out on YouTube. It's youtube.com forward slash at Snake Pit Pod. You'll get short clips from the show, some highlights, some exclusive content. Jake and I are very quickly approaching 30,000 subscribers. And as we get closer, we're going to be doing another giveaway. Do not miss your chance to own a signed figure, a trading card, an 8x10, or who knows what awesome collectible from Jake. Also, we do YouTube-exclusive episodes, clips you won't hear on the podcast, and much more over there. Do us a big favor, get subscribed, and start enjoying everything the Snake Pit Pod has to offer on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, a lot of you know that Jim Duggan and I used to have a show on adfreeshows.com called The Hacks Hour. And that show still exists, but now it's just moved exclusively to YouTube. So the first eight episodes are still available only on adfreeshows.com, but we've got a few episodes out there now on YouTube. So if you want to continue the story from the legendary Hacksaw Jim Duggan, you can only do it there. I also do a podcast with Ted DiBiase called Everybody's Got a Pod, and that's where you're going to find the new episodes of the Hacksaw. uh, Ted and Jim are going to be sharing a page. So go and get subscribed and caught up to both shows. Right now, it's YouTube.com slash at Everybody's Got a Pod. And you're going to hear some amazing stories from both men. You're going to get exclusive clips and even enjoy videos straight from Jim himself as he documents his travels, his home, his collection of wrestling memorabilia, and much more. Again, it's YouTube.com slash at Everybody's Got a Pod. Also, if you've enjoyed The Snake Pit, please like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review on all platforms. only takes you a second, and it does Jake and I a really big favor. helps us out, helps to get us in front of some new sponsors, so that we can continue to offer you guys this podcast for free. Just a reminder, you can get The Snake Pit and all the other shows on our network, early and ad-free, over at adfreeshows.com. And it starts at just $9. The Sandman just started an exclusive AFS show called Enter Sandman. David Crockett is over there with Conrad going over old JCP booking logs month by month in a series called The Book, which is a must hear for the fans of old school wrestling and the Four Horsemen. Paul Bromwell is there with Kevin Sullivan every Tuesday on Tuesdays with the Taskmaster. Lex Luger drops in for a monthly series called Lex Expressed, and there's so much more. So many, many hours of podcast entertainment. If you're a wrestling fan and you love wrestling podcasts, you are seriously missing out on so much by not being a member. Get over there, sign up, and I can guarantee that you're going to love being part of the community. Again, it's adfreeshows.com. Catch Jake on X at JakeSnakeDDT on Instagram at JakeTheSnakeDDT and on Facebook at Real Jake the Snake. You can follow me at MarcusPDAngelo on X and you can follow the podcast at SnakePitPod on all social media platforms. Another fun look back at Mid-Atlantic. It's really interesting to look back at a period of time when Jake was working for the Crockett's. I'm really excited to continue the story as we move forward here and I'm excited to see you guys next week right here on The Snake Pit.